What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Kempel with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. I'm very excited to have this conversation. We have a, a guest that is very has a very niche type of coaching business that he um, that he approaches. And I'm, I'm very excited to share this this recording with you. His he focuses on conflict resolution for Asian American leaders. And I we've never had a conflict resolution coach on the uh, on the podcast yet. So this is going to be a great conversation. Please welcome Jerry Fu to the show. Thank Jerry, thank you for being here. Can you can you please introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about your background? Certainly. So yeah, basically, uh, originally, um, I started off, I wanted to be a doctor, I like the idea of being a doctor. And then, you know, the problem with that is if you don't have a clear why as to why you want to be a doctor, you're just going to get weeded out. And so basically that's what happened. And so I said, well, I still want to do something healthcare. Um, pharmacy seemed like a good alternative. And so I said, okay, let me go to pharmacy school. So uh, with that journey uh, came some interesting conversation with my parents because my parents we're like, hey, work for this big stable company and just bank away money aggressively for 20 years. And maybe one day you'll finally get to do what you want. And, um, you know, when I was in my 20s, I just, you know, at, at this point, me also being conflict averse, I'm just like, okay, fine, let me just listen to my mom. Yeah. Right. And so for a while, I worked for a chain pharmacy. And at one point, I actually got kind of complacent with it because I said, well, you know, the benefits are good. And, you know, I was at a store with flexible scheduling. And I was like, well, you know, this, I don't want to lose this. I'm just going to stick with this. And then after five years of, uh, after I transferred to another store and was unhappy again, I said, okay, no, this is no longer, um, a viable, com uh, career choice for me. Sure. So 11 years ago, I had moved to Houston for a, a teaching job through a pharmacy consulting company. And I thought this would be it. This would be great. And, um, and then 11 months later, I got fired. And so that was a wake up call. And then that was when the journey got really rocky because I ended up at a independent pharmacy where my paychecks were bouncing, filling for crooked doctors. Ooh. At one point, um, the next company my friends helped me get on, they said, Hey, we like you, but uh, we can't pay you more than eight hours a week. And so I said, okay. And then I had to go to Austin two and a half hours away in order to get more hours. So I did this and I had no idea what my life was going to look like after that. Uh, and then the interesting thing is that summer I was tapped to help teach some leadership seminars uh, through a pharmacy nonprofit my friends run. And so teaching leadership uh, kind of flipped the switch for me. And I said, yeah. wow, you know, for the longest time I was like, leadership is hard and I could never be good at it. And now it's like, well, what if I could be good at it? What would that involve? Yeah. And so um, when the opportunity came uh, to have a full-time position back in Houston, I said, that's a no brainer because I want to come home and I need to, I can't be scared anymore. And so the crazy thing is, is that I still struggled with a lot of conflict and difficult conversations as a leader for several years after that. Um, and so the interesting thing is that leadership opened up opportunities for more jobs I wouldn't have had otherwise, but um, ultimately it's still, I was still getting jobs that were failing after one or two years, like they didn't last very long. And so four years ago when my previous employer went under, I said, what am I really about? I love teaching these leadership workshops. I'm tired of chasing scripts and fighting insurance companies. Um, what would that involve? And so I started to ask some friends in the coaching space how to build a career in this. And it wasn't until COVID hit where I finally said, okay, I put this off long enough. Let me open the business, get the bank account and the website up. And basically uh, in learning to try to position myself, 
um, I realized that leadership coaches now are, are more than ever. And so everyone around me, all my friends, the clients I've had, the workshops that I was able to do early on in, in my early stages of my business, they're all saying, Jerry, it's conflict. Like that's yeah. obviously your niche because not just from a personal standpoint, but also from a need standpoint. And so in my journey, since having been fired, I've had to fire people. That was never fun. Yeah. Uh, I actually had to victor roommate at one point either. And so, you know, you learn very quickly, basically the turning point, not to give too much away at this point, but at some point you have to decide that you can't afford to tolerate bad behavior any longer. And it's ultimately up to you as the leader. If you expect to see some changes, then you need to step in to do something about it. So that's uh, kind of the roundabout story. <laughs> so oh, I, I love it. I love it. And we start and we were talking about this a little briefly before we start recording. So yeah. um, you said that you didn't like conflict in that in, before when you mm -hmm. got into a leadership position. Can you please talk to us about that and like what that looked like for you? Sure. Yeah. So a lot of this is cultural background. Um, basically the immigrants, right? My parents came over here for grad school and I mean, the, the, the well-meaning but misguided application is that they're just grateful, right? They want to be grateful for a job. They want to be grateful for the chance to live here. And so in that gratitude, sometimes they kind of forfeit a little bit of dignity. Uh, and, and people can agree or disagree with me on that, but that's basically what happens is from what I've seen. Because, um, you know, with my with the times that I've been upset with like, you know, working conditions that I think are less than ideal or things like that. And, you know, my mom would just say, Jerry, look, just, it doesn't matter how unfair it is. Just be grateful. Just, you know, this is right. how you stay on good terms with them. Just do what they ask. It doesn't matter how you feel about yourself. Like that's almost irrelevant. Which is not uh, healthy for anyone. Oh no, 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 no. The matter of your background, that's not healthy yeah. for anyone. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, basically it's just this cultural idea of, Hey, you know, if something happens, like I'll give you a quick example. Um, at one point, one of my college friends, when I was during my undergrad years, had just, I was taking a road trip and came to stay with us, you know, my family. And um, he was a little less uh, respectful of keeping the, the bathroom clean after he was using it. It wasn't anything like he was overly sloppy, but he, he didn't clean himself, clean up his space to the degree that my mom would have expected a right, guest right. to, right? And so, you know, during the time he was there, yeah, we were accommodating. My mom was very hospitable. And as soon as he left, my mom was like, oh, like, I can't believe this guy. Can you believe, like, you know, he didn't clean up the bathtub after he was done, all those other things. And I just thought to myself, this is the blueprint, right, of how Asians deal with conflict. We just say, hey, let's just save face. We don't want to embarrass anybody. But right. we still have all this resentment that hopefully with enough time, I'll finally get over it. And that was basically how she taught me to deal with conflict as well. Anytime I was upset with a friend, you know, oh, Jerry, come on, just don't, don't, you don't want to rock the boat. Just, you know, keep it to yourself. Really, it's not that big a deal. And then yeah. eventually this carried over and I just decided if I can't be good at this conflict, like if every time I just happen to antagonize the person I'm upset with, then I guess I just need to just defer and just take the path of least resistance. And I really just loathed myself for the longest time. Yeah. And it wasn't until, yeah, you know, you go through a couple of situations where you realize that not saying anything is worse than trying and failing at, you know, addressing a situation you're unhappy with. And, you know, it's only after you go through that initial 
initial process of failure where you start to learn and you ask for help and then you realize, oh, okay, so this is this is what conflict can be and not just the story right. as this limiting factor that I've been telling myself for the longest time. Wow. See, I, yeah, I mean that to hold anything in and to, mm -hmm. to build the, to create that resentment is not mm -hmm. good in any regard. Me, I am so like hard on my sleeve. If I'm mad, you're going to know it. Like <laughs> there is no getting around it for me. I used to probably like love the conflict, love the chaos of that and like really want to like box with someone, not like physically box, but get into that verbal altercation. Yeah. Now I'm just like, you know, I'm really upset right now. You did this, this and this that really made me upset. Let me cool down and we'll, and we'll talk about it. Good job. And, yeah, luckily, luckily, like, you know, all my close friends now, you know, we understand each other, we know what, what makes each other tick. And so I don't really have to go through that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Family, maintenance we're all good. Yeah. <laughs> Preventive maintenance is great, right? Exactly. Oh, exactly. you're like, oh, okay, we're starting to, we're starting to oscillate a little higher. Okay, no, 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 let's, let's, let's stay in the center. Absolutely. I think it's all about like learning how people's boundaries, learning how to respect one another and yeah. And really just treat each other fairly and and not you know do unto like you know do unto others as you'd have them do unto you that's like mm. that should be applied in your life forever right yeah. and, and i think some people miss that that idea or they just have different ideals different values than you do and that's where the conflict comes from i feel like sometimes mm -hmm. but um mm -hmm. And so now you specifically focus on the Asian on Asian American leaders, which I, I what, when we, before we started um, talking, I thought that that was very interesting. And because I like like you said, that's a um, a cultural thing, and I feel like that is really great that you are helping your community um, deal with that a little bit better. So how has that gone for you since COVID and how, your clients, and how how are you helping them deal with conflict a little bit better? Yeah, it's a great question. So. Um, I'll give some examples of some of the topics that my clients have given me. Um, the first client I had um, talked about, he, he had a lot of career challenges. At first, you know, he was at a company that he was unhappy with. His bosses were taking credit for his work. Like it just, just a lack of integrity. And then, you know, he was, after he read some leadership literature that I suggested for him, he got a job at a company he was more happy to, you know, excited to work for. Um, and he was very tempted to throw a grenade over his shoulder in his exit interviews. And it's like, hey, man, you know, this isn't the, this isn't the, now is not the time to do that. So, yeah. and interestingly enough, though, even after he relocated for his new job, he realized very quickly that uh, the stability he was looking for wasn't there, right? The grass is greener until you get to it and you realize, hey, there's just as many opportunities for weeds to grow. And so. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Yeah. Absolutely. Very yeah. You're just like, wait a second. Even if the grass is greener, what it could dry up too. Right? People think it, it, you know, it's 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 such no a great thing. Analogy. No yeah. such thing. Um, but what's funny is that, or what's great for him though, is that um, he started to realize he needed to be much more proactive in the conversations he was having with his boss uh, in terms of what his role um, needed to be for the company in order to stay okay. employed. And so when he realized, oh, I don't like if I hold off and just wait, I can't. I can't guarantee that someone's going to take care of me, right? right. Like, it's like, let me let me take the first step. Let me be proactive and go on the attack to be sure. Hey, let me learn the territory. Let me see the needs. Let me uh, change up my skill set so that I won't get lost in the next round of cuts. Right. And that was just such a great transformation because 
you went from someone who was playing scared to someone who was playing uh, to win, right? And then same thing with my second client. Um, she worked for a very temperamental boss and who was very vague in his expectations. And then when she, you know, didn't pick up his call after hours, uh, he blew up at her and basically came to me and said, how do I address this frustration I have with my boss? Cause he clearly insulted me. How do I make sure we can come to an understanding without me, you know, accidentally antagonizing him and then possibly getting fired. Right. Because if he was that, you know, you know, um, that volatile to begin with, you definitely, you know, don't want to hit another tripwire and then let that be the thing that takes away your, your job. So, um, yeah, just seeing, seeing these clients come to an understanding of, Hey, there is a way to bring this up nicely and tactfully and in a way that is respectful, that ultimately gets to the solution that we're looking for in a way that is not respectful, not disrespectful. Um, and just to trust that, hey, um, we are not confronting, now we're collaborating. And that's usually a coaching question that, um, not to give away my entire playbook, but I use that question a lot when I'm coaching because I say, how do you shift from confrontation to collaboration? Right. Uh, that's, right, right. Then they, then you see like the angle change and it's really fun to realize, oh, you know what? My boss is on my side. We're you know, ultimately we're trying to make the same money. We're trying to keep this business going so everyone can get paid. Okay. Even if I don't like him, if we're ultimately teammates, um, how do we make this relationship work? Yeah. And so they take a better angle and a more productive one. Today's episode is brought to you by Honey Love. Ladies, let's talk about shapewear. We all know most shapewear makes you feel like you're being suffocated. That sexy dress in the back of your closet is so freaking cute, but the thought of having your inside squished by your shapewear is just not worth it. That's why Honey Love spent years researching and developing effective shapewear that's actually comfortable. Overly tight, cheap and sticky fabrics that roll up are a thing of the past. Thanks to Honey Love, you can finally feel confident and comfortable in your favorite outfits. We have an exclusive deal for our listeners for a limited time only. You can get Honey Love's best deal they offer. Get 20% off your entire order with the code LABELFREE20 at honeylove.com. That's right, ladies. Get 20% off of your entire order with LABELFREE20 at honeylove.com. So essentially, you're empowering your clients to, and you're teaching them a skill set that they probably don't, they didn't realize they had. And dealing and dealing with conflict and and I, I don't I think like in any background culture I think I don't I think a lot of people are missing the mark when it comes to to conflict resolution you know I've just been very um, adamant about working on myself and just becoming a better version of myself you know as I've gotten older because I've gone through a lot I come from a very abusive background I was I'm a human trafficking survivor and I've had to really oh. I've had to really decide what kind of person I want to be and what kind of life I want to have. Cause I could either like wallow in all that and be like, woe is me, feel sorry for me. Or I could just step forward in a place of, of joy, peace and learn from that and, and just become a better version of myself. And so, you know, it's a, it's a day, it's a work in process. You know, you work on yourself is never over till the day we die. You know, you know what I mean? So that's yeah. why I love talking to my coaches, every single one of you, Every single one has a, such a different approach, a different way that you ha- help your clients and your, your, obviously your client base, all of them are very different. And so I just, I love it because I learned something from you guys every single time I talk to you. And I mean, I'm a certified life coach. So if I wanted to get into it, I could, 
I'm just, and I, I do have clear boundaries, but I'm a, I'm an empath, empath. So if my clients are doing well, I'm not doing well. And I, ah, like, I just can't, I, I'm better. Like, tell me about what you do here. Here's the coach. Let me introduce you to this coach. You know what I mean? Like, let me be a, 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 someone who can network for others. So um, very cool. I love that. So, so COVID was uh, actually good for you. You were able to pivot. You know, it's it's the oddest thing. Um, COVID in one way was I saw a lot of businesses die. I saw a lot of restaurants close. I mean, I I know my I mean, my technicians got hit with COVID. There was a point when I was at a breaking point because it was just down to me and my lead tech just working as much as we could to make sure that we didn't have too many fires to put out the next day. Yeah. But, so if you told me that I would start a business and start dating somebody in the middle of this thing. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I would be just as surprised as you are. So yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. You know what, no matter what we're going through, what's happening in the world, life is really what you make it. And so, you know, I didn't, I personally, you know, this is my own personal thing. I didn't really get caught up in the COVID crap. You know, I'm just, I, I went to school. I understand biology, you know, like I, I get it. So yeah. I, I, I could, I continued to live my life where I had an opportunity to be social. You know, I stuck to my tribe and I was social yeah. through, throughout, you yeah. know, I'm very healthy, I'm a healthy person. And, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's responsible for their health and you, you have got to do things to, to live a healthy life. And, you know, unfortunately some people do have hereditary issues, but you know, if you're taking care of yourself, you understand like how the body works. You're, you'll be fine. <laughs> but, but anyways, I did start dating somebody during COVID too. So I, and, and my podcast like blew up and it's been doing very well. So I kind of, I'm on the same page with you there, Jerry. I, I, I had some good things happen for me during COVID as well. Um, so actually you have some questions here. I'm going to ask you a few of them. Then I'm going to ask you to plug your links before we say goodbye and uh, any last words of wisdom. What three books would you recommend to others? Oh man, <laughs> the list keeps going on. Um, or at least one, one great. No, I mean I can. No, I mean I can give three. Yeah, there's okay. three. I guess the first three that come to mind are some of the ones that I think I find myself coaching around a lot. Um, the first is "Designing Your Life" uh, by Bill Burnett, and Dave Evans, two Stanford people that are just uh, brilliant in their approach, uh, because. The first one, just to elaborate on that one, is just for people to realize, hey, you know what? You have an opportunity to create the life that you want. It doesn't have to be, you know, one of the entrepreneur with the passive income jet stream that I know I want, but right, we all do. <laughs> yeah, but you know, one where you feel like you're satisfied in the major areas of, of of your life, including work, health, play, and love. And but the twist is that um, the process is not static. It's not, oh, I set a goal. I meet right. the goal and then I take my clothes off and then I sit and I coast. It is iterative where you every year, every two, every five, even every 10, you know, your definition of love may not be what satisfied you. You know, what worked in your 20s will not work in your 40s. Right. Um, and so to continue to evaluate and experiment really is the best journey you can take yourself on. And so that's a big one. Um, another one I like is uh, the charisma myth. Ooh. by Olivia Fox Cabane. I'm actually doing a book discussion on it um, next Wednesday. I still have a couple spots left for those who are interested. You can find it on Eventbrite. Um, yeah, they talk. she talks about, well, what does it take to have charisma? 
Is this really something that people can attain? Is it something that you can develop for yourself? And then what are the dangers of it if you actually get too good at it? <laughs> so uh, that's a fun one I've been, I've been talking some people through. Um, another one uh, that I read recently that I've uh, enjoyed telling people about is The Advice Trap by Michael Bungie Stan here, talking about how, why this culture of telling isn't actually working, right? Like, oh, I have advice. I need to help people with it. I need to tell them the answer. When was the last time someone gave you advice and you actually took it? Like, what, yeah. even, even, if the, even if you did, like, what's the success rate on that? And so yeah. um, to come back to coaching, which has been a trending huge, uh, especially during COVID, right? How do you implement more coaching habits and coaching questions in a way that helps empower the person to actually do, you know, solve their own problem instead of us feeling like we have to continue to solve it for them. So right. Those are three books. Yeah. I love that. I love, love all those books. I, I might I'm look into that charisma myth because I'm intrigued by that. Um, one last question. Who is your ideal client? My ideal client. Yes. Um, I am. Uh, my ideal is uh, young Asian professionals in their mid twenties to even mid to late thirties who other one uh, realized that the life that and the career that their parents wanted for them is not satisfying as, as much as they as they want. The other is, yeah, the other pivot is when they realize to say, hey, you know what, what would that second career look like if this isn't satisfying me? Like what, what do I need to look for next? Right? So they're in that stage of transition. And they're saying, hey, um, you know, what worked for my parents isn't working for me. Yeah. Um, I can appreciate where they're coming from. I can appreciate the perspectives and the lessons and the life experience they have. And yet at the same time, you know, they came from another country. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So what I like to say is the talk track is uh, I help them resolve three kinds of conflict. The first is, you know, work conflict. How do I deal with uh, bosses and teammates that I haven't learned to get along with or seem to have issues with, with you know, productivity? The second is cultural conflict, right? What do, what do I do with people's expectations? And then three, what do I even want? What's my internal conflict, right? Because there's a distance between what I think will satisfy me and then what I actually experience. Right, so, right. Yeah, so these are the people I'm looking for because they're at, a, they're at a point where they realize, hey, I need to do something. And then going back to what I was doing isn't going to be enough. So that's why um, that's my ideal client, because they're open to learning and improving and evaluating and experimenting. I love it. That's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you've found a niche for yourself. Where can people find you? What are your links? If you can just plug those really quick. And obviously, I'll put those in the show notes as well. Certainly. Yeah. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. That is uh, the one social media platform I'm focusing on for the time being. My website is adaptingleaders.com. And I have an exclusive newsletter link for people who are listening because this link is not available on my main page. And that is adaptingleaders.com slash join. Easy enough. Uh, and that newsletter will have exclusive updates and insights and all sorts of fun stuff. Like at one point I shared all the apps that I use to keep myself on track. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just uh, what I, the metaphor we use is uh, uh, one beggar telling other beggars where to find good bread, right? It's just like, <laughs> hey, look, we're all on this journey together. Here's where I am. Here's what helped me. Here you go, right? Um, and yeah, so yeah, stick with LinkedIn and the updatingleaders.com website. And, you know, we, I try not to have too many because then it just gets confusing, right? You're just like, no, guys, two signs, find one of the two and happy to connect. 
there you go. One last uh, words of wisdom or piece of advice or piece of wisdom, whatever, you know, yeah. <laughs> I think I've, I reversed that. So any okay. last words of wisdom you'd like to leave with the audience? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll ask this question, which I think I actually used in the, in the screening, but I think it works here now is what would it take for you to live a life without regret? That's a good so, one. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Uh, it's not about advice, right? I'm not going to tell anything, but I do want no, to. No, 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 no. It, 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 yeah. it requires them to think about that and, you know, hopefully stumble upon that answer. So, you know, who wants to live in regret, right? That's uh, yeah. this is a powerful, this is a powerful question. But, well, Jerry, thank you so much for being a guest today. I loved all everything that you shared with us. And thank you for helping touch lives and make them better because we all know that we, we have a big world out there. We need to help people make their lives better because there's a lot of unhappy people out there. <laughs> so, you know, it's all about living that life of purpose and gratitude and peace and joy and all that good stuff. So I'm glad you found found your niche. Hey, glad and thank you for finding me and uh, thank Ooh. you for having me. So excited to uh, for another and like excited for another conversation down the future if, uh, absolutely if for sure you guys this is your host deanna kempel label free podcast live your best life you must live label free please don't forget to subscribe like comment share follow all those good things and i'll be back soon with more dynamic guests